You've been lied to, but you don't know how. You've searched, you've struggled, you've cried out. You want the truth, but where is it? You've wandered, you've fought, you've strived, and you have not been satisfied. What is truth? Where is truth? Who is truth? The kingdom of God. Mind control. The last days. Higher dimensions. Unity. The power of faith. Discovering the truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. God has promised that he will hide us under his feathers and under his wings we will trust. His truth shall be our shield and our buckler. Discovering the Truth with Dan Devon is the premier program that is designed to center you on the kingdom of God, to equip you with faith in Jesus Christ, and to unveil the truth behind the lies. This program is designed to show you how to become more than you have ever imagined through the power of truth. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And now, prepare for your host, Dan Duvall. You're listening to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. This program is designed to center you on the kingdom of God, to equip you with faith in Jesus Christ, and to unveil the truth behind the lies. This program is a production of Bride Ministries, and you can find us at www.bridemovement.com and, of course, at www.thefireplacechurch.org. Now, I have a very, very exciting announcement this week. Um... For those of you that have been tracking with us, you know that we have been talking about adding a second service to the Fireplace Church. Why? Well, it came to our attention that, and and there's a whole history on this, right? We launched the Fireplace Church on Friday nights, and there was two basic reasons. The, The biggest reason why we decided to do it on Friday night was because we said we do not want to compete with local churches for a Sunday morning time slot. We recognize that some of our listeners may uh, have a local church home. They're not uh, interested in in leaving or having any, and we're not trying to take anyone away from their home church. So we said, you know, we're going to put it at a different time slot so that people can easily participate in both should they desire to. And then we also said, you know, not only do we not want to compete with local churches, but if the Hebrew Sabbath historically began on Friday night, we may as well just do Friday nights and and just run with that. And so we launched Friday night for, you know, two main reasons. And what we found is that Friday night realistically is problematic for a lot of people. People are getting off of work. People have engagements. People have uh, stuff with kids and people have all kinds of things going on on Friday nights. And so there was a lot of people that simply were not able to make our services. And we said, well, we're going to punish you guys. Yeah, that's right. Punish. So we pulled out the paddle, the rod of God, and we said, we're going to take away your archives and we're going to make sure that unless you're at the Friday night service, you're not getting nothing. 
And, um, you know, then we felt bad about punishing our listeners and said, you know, that's really not the Christian thing to do. It would be nice to keep the archives up for everybody to, you know, be fed the word and uh, be able to, you know, enjoy what we were putting together. So we gave you guys the, web, the, 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 the archives back and, and made them public on YouTube again and all of that. And then we said, you know, maybe we should just be more considerate of time slots and open up a second service so that people that are not able to be there on Friday night but would like to be there were a more, you know, uh, appropriate time made available um, can be accommodated. So we are launching this Sunday, September 11th, the Sunday evening service for the Fireplace Church. And it will be the exact same thing. You will have the production, the worship, the uh, teaching, and then afterwards you will have moderated discussion groups. And we have a whole new team of moderators that we have brought on and trained so that we are running the same style of service, not only on Friday nights, but now also on Sunday nights. So we want to invite you. Listen, you've been thinking and hearing about the Fireplace Church. Maybe you watch all the episodes of the Fireplace Church on YouTube afterwards, but you never get a chance to be part of the community building, the fellowship, the lively discussions. Just imagine a group full of people that listen to the stuff that we put out, all there talking about this stuff. And the stuff we put out on the Fireplace Church. That is the exciting atmosphere that you are missing out on if you're not getting in with the discussion group. So I want to invite those of you. We now have Friday nights and Sunday nights available. Come join us. Hang out with us. Make a friend. I mean, we built this platform for you guys. Um, also, obviously, in response to the Lord's prompting. But Again, it all comes back to, well, what is the Lord doing? He's doing a work in our hearts. He's reaching people like you and I. So anyway, that is available. I am really looking forward to today's program. We're going to be talking with a gentleman from Australia named Todd Weatherly, one of the pastors I met while I was there in um, July. And so he is an awesome, awesome man of God. Can't wait to get to that before we do just a few more things. Listen, folks, Bride Ministries is getting bigger and we are moving forward we are not going back we are doing a lot um we are helping survivors and um the 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 more that we are able to expand our budget the more survivors we are ultimately able to directly fund um not only are we looking to continue to fund more and more survivors, which again, as I've explained in former podcasts, is a commitment to an ongoing process. It's not a one-time expense for any of the survivors we are helping. Um, we are expanding staff in order to accommodate the increase in the, the demands that we are having uh, because of the ministry we're doing. Um, you know, guys, there's a lot more of you writing in than ever before. Nikki, could no longer handle the load as my administrative assistant. And so now we have brought on Sally, who is helping Nikki bear the load, bear the burden of, you know, uh, organizing classes when we have all the signups going on, sending out emails, responding to emails and requests for information, mailing our products. You know, there's 
a lot of uh, behind the scenes work that happens and um, we want to make sure that we are able to respond to you. So now we've added to our staff, of course, Darla is our coordinator for the Fireplace Church and she teaches at our discipleship courses. She also does uh, support groups for our survivors and that's another wonderful service we are able to offer as Bride Ministries. We um, are also uh, having her to update our websites and do different things. Folks, we have a lot going on behind the scenes. And I just want to say, what we are able to do is being funded by your generosity. And I just want to say thank you because you guys have brought us this far. I want to encourage you. We are taking ground. We are going forward, not looking back. The next big project, the the DID coaching school, it's got to happen. Folks, this has got to happen. We need to create a venue through which the body of Christ is equipped to address these things head on and they need the tools, they need the equipping. Someone needs to build it. Well, we're going to build it. Um, it's going to cost a lot of money. It's also going to cost a lot of time, a lot of effort, and it's going to implicate more than just one person uh, being me. I am not going to be the only contributor to that school, which again will mean uh, more money spent by Bride Ministries to pull it all together. Folks, um, we have a lot to do and we just want to invite you. Partner with us. If you have been listening to us, following us, believe in what we're doing. Here are the survivors that we are helping. Believe that survivors should be getting help. Believe that solutions should be getting dispersed. Um, look, bridemovement.com or thefireplacechurch.org. There's donate buttons there. Also, you can write to us anytime, P.O. Box 362-Texas 75569. That's it. I am going to be getting to my guest now. Folks, get ready. You're listening to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. Don't go anywhere. Folks, we're back on Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall, and let me tell you something. I am really excited this week to introduce somebody that has not been on my program before. And this gentleman, just like Adam Thompson, who was on my program just the other week, is somebody that I connected with on my most recent trip to Australia. Now, uh, meeting Todd was a real treat, and he is the uh, senior 
pastor of Field of Dreams. Now, he has a website at fieldofdreams.org.au. If you listen to this podcast and you happen to live in the Adelaide area, I'd say check them out. Uh, they have some really awesome things going on. He has a desire to see people come into the fullness of the finished work of the cross. He has uh, ministered extensively throughout Asia and the subcontinent in crusades, feeding programs. He's been to South America. Uh, definitely moves in the supernatural. And you're going to learn a lot about that as we engage him in some conversation today. And, uh, you know, Todd, welcome to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. Thank you for having me. <laughs> it's uh... It's it's uh, yeah no I'm I'm very looking very much looking forward to today it's going to be excellent oh we, yeah we're going to have a great time folks you have to understand I, I, the way I met Todd was it was really interesting because I connected with a gentleman by the name of Paul Tothill which those of you that listen to this program have probably heard because he's been on with me a few times I went over to Adelaide to do some territorial warfare and I was told by uh, somebody I know that there is a pastor that I have to get a hold of when I am in Adelaide, and his name is Todd Weatherly. And so when I went to Adelaide, I said, hey, Paul, I have to get in touch with a guy named Todd Weatherly because of a mutual connection. And he's like, oh, flip, because that's the way they talk there. I, he said flip, and I was like, Yeah. He's like, we're having lunch with him tomorrow. I'm like, are you kidding me? So you know Todd. He's like, of course I know Todd. And so it was, uh, it was really interesting how double confirmation, there was no way I was going to miss this divine connection. Uh, sat down with Todd. The first day I met him, he comes in and says, brother, I could sense the angelic realm a mile out of Paul's church. And this is after our territorial warfare. I'm like, how do you sense that? Wow. So, um, folks, you're about to have a real treat today. As you listen to a man of God who's been walking with the Lord for a long time, with the supernatural, the seer realm, um, my goodness. You know, Todd, I just want to get started here. How do you end up doing what you do with Jesus? I mean, what does your journey look like to get you here? Okay, my journey, um, well, obviously... Everything starts off with a sovereign call. And I had a visitation when I was 18. And literally, my, I had a, my next door neighbor, she was a prophet. And I was walking down my driveway. Um, and I was actually happened to have consumed a rather large amount of alcohol during the day. And I wasn't walking very straight at all. She looks out the window and she's probably shaking her head, going, I can't believe this. She hears the voice of the Lord saying, I've called him. And she's like, no, you have not. That what You've made a mistake. The Lord kept speaking to her. So I was not, uh, I wasn't in a great place for the last, well, maybe 16, 17, 18. But she prayed for me nearly every day for two years. Hmm. My life started to change. All that, all, all, the, all the stuff I used to get pleasure out of, it just shut down. I remember being at uh, a nightclub and uh, I would have consumed half a bottle of, Jack Daniels, I would have had amphetamines, no effect. I'm on the dance floor and a voice says, you don't belong here. I'm thinking, what on earth is happening? So uh, she'd been praying for me. She she spoke to my mum that she wanted to come around and speak to me one day. And uh, so because of all the prayer, because she did the work in the spirit, I was actually strangely open. 
So she came around and she told me about she told me about uh, being born again and Jesus, and none of it made any sense to me at all. So she said, "Look, open the Bible." And she had this massive NIV. She's Jackie was only she's only about like five foot, and I think the I think the Bible that she carried was about four foot tall. <laughs> and uh, she put it in front of me, and she said, "Look, if you read this, God will speak to you." And I think she was expecting me to read it later on or something. And I was I was at university at the time, so I thought, "Okay, I'll read it now." I just 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 to humor her because you know why don't I open up the Book of Genesis? Because I'm at uni, and you know we all know evolution is the truth, and uh, I'll just facetiously open it up to, to Genesis. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, as I'm reading it, my uh, Jackie, her son, my mother, and my cousin are all watching me. I look down. I would have read one scripture, Genesis one one. Literally, a cloud came in the room. Literally, I couldn't see the pages anymore. It was uh, the, the best way. I'm, I'm going to describe it how it felt and what it looked like. Just what we're trying to frame it up according to the to the five senses. So people talk about uh, a near-death experience. And they go, I got hit of, uh, first thing that hit me was a wave of warmth. I just felt warmth, spiritual warmth. And then I felt love. And it was just like overwhelming. I started, this started coming on me and, and even inside of me. And then um, the best way to visually describe it is this: when you have in America, I'm sure you have those. Of course, you do those candles. They called sparklers. They just give off sparks. They're like candles, but they're not. It was like a hundred thousand sparklers waved in front of my face. It was like an electric cloud. It was like, and it made a made a sound, and I I couldn't even see the pages. And I looked up, and I could barely see the people in the room, and I was. I thought, I'm just going to break down and start crying. I feel like I'm going to die. This is overwhelming. So I ran out and, out into the yard. Everyone's going, what is he doing? And I looked up, and I went from, in one moment, I went from complete atheist, demon-possessed atheist, to, wow, uh, God's real. This is God. And so that sort of sort of set, set me on my journey oh my. And, and sort of ruined me. And for three days, while the visual side lifted, I just I just felt it for about three days. I was I was completely overcome. It turned my world upside down. I was at university. I actually went into the uni, and I said, "Look, uh, there's a lot going on in my life. I need to defer. Um, I need to take uh, the rest of the year off, and I'll come and, and complete my course next year." So they said yes. And as is quite often the case with a lot of people, God will touch them, and this is for especially for people who are praying for loved ones. I had such an encounter with the Lord, but then I ran as hard as I could away from that calling. I really ran very hard into, you know, um, and and yet God is bigger than our stubbornness many times. He really, really is. And um, so he chased me down, and uh, I, my mother became a Christian in that time. I, was, uh, my, I lived with my mother. This is when I was uh, 17, 18. And, um, and then... I, uh, I, my mother got baptized in water at a large church, and I was just. She, she said, "Could you please come and watch me get water baptized?" And I said, "No." Nah. I said, I, I, "I'm not interested." And she goes, "Please, it'll mean a lot to me." So when it came to the the Sunday night, every she's at the church about to get water baptized. A friend of hers came to pass the house and said, "Are you, are you not at church watching your mother get water baptized?" I said, "No, nah, I'm not interested." 
She said, now, is this, so this was after a cloud. This is, this is after a literally cloud. Literally came. Yes. And yes. overtook you. And you don't want to show up for your <laughs> own mother's baptism. Brother, you, 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 you fought hard. Wow. Now, what, what, what was that scripture? The heart of man is deceitfully wicked above all things. Who can know it? Who can? So I was, I was, I was hard. Man. So the reason I'm emphasizing, well, firstly, it's all anecdotal. It actually happened. But especially for those praying for, for people to come to the Lord, I, I fought as hard as I could. So uh, I actually, there was a, when she was getting back, so I felt terrible. And I thought, you know what? I'll, go, I'll do it. I'm going to tick a box. <laughs> I'm going to go there. And so um, I actually went there, and it was actually packed. There was no, maybe 2,000 people there. And there was a guest speaker called Terry Law, for those who've been around a while. Terry Law was speaking, a very powerful evangelist who did great work in Russia. Anyway, so um, I actually went there, and I felt completely uncomfortable and weird. My mother got baptized, and I watched it, no impact. And then uh, just as the preacher was getting up, we were about third row from the front, front of 2,000 people. I went, yeah, this is not for me. I got up, I walked out <laughs> just before everyone's sitting down waiting, you know. So, um, but here's the deal. We, we just don't know. You got what things appear on the surface, but it's actually what's happening in the spirit. And the Lord was massively, massively working on me. And I just think that because what we, we teach people in regards to praying for loved ones or praying is it just deal with what's going on in the spirit around their life so then they can exercise their free will under an open heaven? Because mm. they just they just held on to the promise. Anyway, I was actually, and I told you that I ran hard from God. Well, after I deferred, look, when I, so I had that encounter, three days later, I deferred, I pulled out of university to, to, to uh, do it again the next year. Um, and then what happened was I went and got a job well, I wasn't exactly working for the Salvation Army or the, you know, the, the, the Boy Scouts. I actually got a job at the Adelaide Casino. <laughs> I was working in the casino. It's, so this it's is the ideal location for a person running away from the cloud of God, brother. Yeah, we, we could we, we we could have called it the uh, the Casino of Tarshish. You could call uh -huh. it that. Yes, yes. Sir. So 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 I went. <laughs> then this is the crazy thing. I'm in. The casino i'm in the restaurant i'm working mm. the spirit of god falls on me i start crying like a baby and that whole thing started coming back and i'm going what is going on and so i said to my about a week later i said to my mother i said uh i don't know how to say this uh but um i think i'm going to become a born-again christian and get baptized in water and she you could have knocked her over with a feather mm. uh i yeah, it was. No, I tell you what, mm -hmm. I had. I did not rate Christians or Christianity. I had a very low opinion of them. I didn't want to become a Christian. I just thought it was. It was. It was. It was. Um, how can I put it? By you know, it was just. A, it was like retiring. Like it's just. An, it's a crutch. It's all those things. But when my spiritual eyes opened and I saw, see, a lot of people they 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 have a feeling that there's more than what they can see with their eyes. They 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 can feel it but they're not sure. Well, I was at one of those people, but I literally, my spiritual eyes opened. I started to see in the world of the spirit and I went, I never wanted to be a Christian, but this is amazing. This is real. And whether or not it fits my paradigm, it is what it is. I've either got to flow with it or fight against it. So I just started having 
really crazy encounters. Um, that, that, that's how I got started off pretty much. Um, and like I said, for those who are praying for loved ones, you know, if you if you do that work in the spirit, um, God's got some pretty big angels. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you can see it, it, to him who believes all things are possible. So that's that that's pretty much how how things got started for me. That's amazing. And and Todd, I, I want to ask you this question just to get your your answer to this. Okay, um, okay. For instance, when I accepted Jesus Christ, I did not get overcome by a cloud um, or go into like a three-day period of uh, intensity, um, but you did. Now, someone's going to listen and say, Todd, I think God likes you more than God likes me. That's why he did that for you. Now, I just want to come back because I want to let you talk about it. Like you brought up, listen, guys, this is the power of prayer because there were people yes, praying absolutely. me into the kingdom, and this is what it took. Mm-hmm. But I want to let you address the person that says, God likes you better than he likes me, Todd Weatherly. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, firstly, let me just uh, let me just quote from the book of Spider-Man. With much, <laughs> with, with, with much, uh, uh, much power comes much responsibility. When, uh, firstly, this is just, this is my testimony, so it happened. So I'm actually trying to bring an answer to something that's just already taken place. In my walk, I have come under extreme mm-hmm. demonic attack simply because of what I've experienced. Now, what happens is that I believe it was the level of prayer that was over my life, and I think that it was um, f- sort of equal to what I was commissioned to do. That needed to happen. I literally, how can I put this? You know, the church is so terrified mm. of witches, of Satanists, of people who it's new ages, the touch of spirit realm. They're actually, yes, they're in darkness, but they need to encounter the Lord. They need to encounter the Lord. And so I actually was in a place of very deep darkness, and I needed that sort of an encounter to pull me out of that place. For me, the best testimonies are those a third generation Christian, virgin till they get married, walking in, in deep fellowship with though, for me, those are the best testimonies. I, you know that that's what I would go for. Um, but I actually I, I think too, uh, Daniel, is that the Lord needed to give that to me because I would come under intense attack and there'd be m- massive opportunities for me to doubt. Um, and so I just think it's a situation specific. It's got I do be- look, how can I put it? Um, if somebody, mm-hmm. they say, you know what? I feel a tug on my heart. Mm-hmm. I'm going to receive Jesus mm-hmm. by faith. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pray the prayer. Now, I didn't have a cloud, but I felt something happen. He's real. I've got a peace in my heart. And then what happens? With that revelation, you then start to walk by faith. I think there's a bigger reward of somebody walking like that and then trading into believing, walking by faith, and then coming into encounters or, or bearing fruit. Bearing fruit is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. You, should, you didn't choose me. I chose you, but ordained you to bear fruit, and your fruit will remain. So it's all about being fruitful. But, but to much given, much required. So when somebody has a massive encounter, it's a whole different playing field. And I, I um, uh, you know, with encounters – we need encounters. You know, I'm not necessarily pushing existentialism per se or anything like that, but 
we don't want theology. Theology is a framework where we can encounter the Lord. Theology isn't an end in itself. But there is a place where the foundation to everything we do is faith. Mm-hmm. Now, the just will not live by encounters. The just will not live by the prophetic. The just shall live by faith. So after that encounter, I had to do serious mm-hmm. yards because... You know, the problem I had initially was, well, how can God's not touching me like that before? How come he's not, um, you know, I'm not having these encounters. What's going on? He doesn't love me anymore. He's just a big tease. He did it, and then he's not doing it now. He actually had to teach me faith, and that is what everyone will have to go through regardless of their encounter. You know, they saw the pit of a cloud. They saw the pit, pillar of fire. They saw that the... the, the, the the, the, the sea part in two, and yet it didn't get inside of them. It was a, it was an external reality. So regardless if someone has an amazing encounter or they just come respond to an altar call and they just, wow, I believe in Jesus, all of us, the beginning of our journey is walking by faith regardless of the encounters. I, I think that's a great answer. You know, when you brought out assignment-specific, um, you know, encounters with God, uh, I, I think there's a lot of truth to that. You know, God encountered Moses in a way that he didn't deal with the rest of the nation, but that was because of his assignment. Um, and you needed it because of the level of darkness you were coming out of. Mm-hmm. And, and and it just helps people to recognize, look, it has nothing to do with God's love or that God likes yes. Todd more than he likes you. Folks, no, let me tell you something. Um, there is plenty that God has for those. And, and it is about walking by faith. You know, in my own journey, Todd, I've noticed that seasons ebb and flow with, with the respect to the conversation on encounter. When I first turned my life back to God, it was pretty like flat. I mean, all I, I was pretty much at the point where I was just like, God, I just want to get to the point that I actually want you. Like, I don't even want you, but I know I'm supposed to, so I want to want you. <laughs> I started there. I'm like, I'm going to choose to go this direction, but I need some help. It was several months, and then all of a sudden, I stepped into a season of visions. And I would go into prayer, and I would have like visions. Um, like several times a week. I mean, it was like, it was like just sit down, get on my face, put on some worship music, pray, get a vision. Like that was lifestyle for a season. And then you know what? It stopped. Um, There was a season where it was like all of a sudden out of nowhere, every time I prayed for someone that was sick or something like it, it, no one got healed. And God was like, yeah, I'm not working with you in that area right now. I'm like, are you, this doesn't make any sense. I'm like, no, just have other people pray for their healing. We'll come back to that. And later on, it came back. And it's like, I pray for people. Suddenly, the people are getting healed again. I'm like, this is so weird. You know, it's not necessarily the way that you expect. But, you know, seasons of encounters and times, they can ebb and flow. God might blast someone on the front end. And all of a sudden, there's like a season where you just walk by That's faith. Good. And then good. there's, yeah. you know, because God's teaching us relationship based mm-hmm. not on signs only but on a confident expectation of a continual work of Jesus in our lives. So, you know, I want to get into this now because, look, you have had a lot of encounters with God throughout your walk. And and it reveals a lot of things, Todd. Your encounters reveal a lot of things. And I want to get into that because these are things that people, they they should know. They need to know. Um, Tell me about some of your early 
encounters with God? Okay, well, apart from, I, I, I had a massive deliverance in my water baptism. And I, again, we, we're talking about comparing, uh, um, you know, people who have encounters and some people that, that, that maybe not as much. I, um, you know, it's interesting. You, you saw Paul, you know, the voice spoke to him and he went blind and three days he, he had to, you know, ponder on it. And the Lord said to him, you know what? He said, Ananias, go lay your hands on him. I'm going to, Paul's going to take my gospel to the Gentiles, but I'm going to show him how much he's going to suffer for my namesake. <laughs> and so he's going to need this encounter to take him through that. <laughs> wow. So, so with a situation-specific uh, mandate. But uh, look, I, 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 I was actually demon-possessed. I know that. My eyes would dilate. My voice would drop. I felt like I was 10 foot tall. I would be with a girl I was dating or friends, and they'd say, "Who are you? Get away from me!" I'd be like, "It was, it was, it was like you know, like Vincent Price laugh, except for what you know, a lot more baritone." It was, it was crazy. <laughs> I get, I get water baptized, and I get come out of the water expecting this insane encounter, and they and the guy lay hands on me just gave me a nice generic word of encouragement. I'm thinking, "Oh, oh, okay, that's all right." I actually came down out of the water. And then uh, that same cloud hit me, but it was actually deliverance. And I, I, all I can explain is this. That same cloud came down. I started hearing almost like static. So I could hear my ears like a Then what happened was my hands turned into fists. My fists turned up into my body. My, I hit the ground. I went in a fetal position. I'm vibrating. My tongue stuck to the roof of my mouth. My eyes started fluttering. I couldn't see. I couldn't hear. I was just like getting electrocuted. All the pastors come over, lay hands on me, cast out whatever was in me. It was insane. And then I just came. I, I, I just, just my life was completely different. But then what happened is I started to see in the world of the spirit. I started to see all the junk. That was around my life, um, and I started to, you know, <laughs> it was it was it was very very insane. But we were as we were saying before, that actually, it actually did dry up, and I used to get really upset with God saying, you know, because because you don't have any grit. And what happened was, I, I just and a lot of people will be able to relate to this. I went to a really really good church. Now it was good for me at that time. And it wasn't necessarily a right fit for me long term, but I went to an excellent church, and it was—I I was there for that season. Now, the the, the almost the the the, the, the mantra is revival is going to come. We're going to see revival one day. We're going to see revival, and I'm going, yeah, yeah, great. And nothing—I I got to the point where we everyone's passively waiting for revival to fall on people, and it's like, oh my goodness, you know. And, and then the Lord started speaking to me. He goes. Cause and effect. What are you guys doing about this? Are you just waiting for me to do it? Then what happened, uh, Daniel, is that I started to engage with the word like never before. I was, as they say in uh, in parenthesis, between jobs, and I started getting in the word six to eight hours a day. And I would, and and, and there was a grace. It felt like I would read it and I was absorbing it. And the, I believe the first stage of the Holy Ghost discipling you through the word is he starts cross-referencing. Cross so you read something in Isaiah and that relates to Matthew because as you're reading it, you're not actually looking at the references. He goes, yes, and that's what that means. Oh, wow. And then what happened through that process is that um, he actually discipled me in the area of faith. 
And then when I started to lay hold of faith, I came back into encounters. That's the cool part because it says Moses, uh, uh, children of Israel knew God's miracles, but Moses knew God's ways. And God wants us to know his ways. And I'm all for prophetic encounters. I do. I've had my fair share. But then the Lord says, you know, I'm because I love you, I'm going to allow a season for you to search for me. I'm not uh, not hiding from you. I'm hiding for you. Come and find me. Come and dig. And I actually found him in the word. And the scripture that I uh, I couldn't get my head around was Mark 11, 23, 24. It says, if, if you command this mountain to be uprooted and cast into the sea, and if you do not doubt those things that you say, it will obey you. You have whatever you say. It will obey you. If you, if, you, if you make a command to the mountain or whatever, and if you do not doubt it, and if you believe what you say, it will obey you. Therefore, I say to you, whatever you ask for, whatever, whenever you pray, you must believe that you've received what you've asked for. And I just went, is that, what is that? Is that mind over matter? Do I need to trick myself? That's crazy. I couldn't, I couldn't read the rest of the Bible until I'd resolved this. Mm-hmm. And the Lord started to, because when you understand that, it's like you don't move the mountain. You command the mountain. God moves the mountain. Mm. But you need to believe. And I started to pull it apart, and I went, oh, my goodness. And so, you know, what happens, this is my opinion, okay, so uh, uh, no one person has the full counsel of God. We all represent an element. And, you know, like in um, Australia, probably, America's a very go-getting, vision, visionary, positive, encouraging country, a lot more than Australia. And what would happen is the Lord taught me faith. And I would go, I had such a spectacular breakthrough that I'll share in a second. But I remember turning on and I would see Creflo Dollar. I would see Kenneth Copeland. I would read Kenneth Hagen. And I would read what they were saying about faith. And I went, yes, that's exactly right. That's exactly what happened to me. And it was like, I, I, it was so exciting. But but the, 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 the supernatural encounters started to go from encounters to actually manifesting in the natural. So I actually, I got to a point where <clears throat> I had, um, I just, I'd had, a, I really was discouraged with church. I just was. The problem is, is that when we have, it, it, we, 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 it is a lie, but it's very hard. It's, can you imagine like um, people come up to me and say, Todd, I really, I really like you, but I actually don't like your wife. And, mm. and it's like, mm. well, I would have a problem with that. And so we, we, I actually developed like a, 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 an offense. I walked away from it. Um, and I just said, you know what? Either the Bible's true or it's not. I started studying it like crazy. But I actually was very, I was financially barren. I mean, I had nothing. And I was in my sort of mid to late 20s. So what I did is I laid a hold of Mark 11, 23, 24. And I said, God, what do you want me to do? I, I, I just, I don't, I, what do you, I don't have anything. I, have, I don't have any idea what you want me to do. So I really, I, I contended for a word. He spoke to me clearly. He said, I want you to, uh, I want you to become a tennis coach, and I want you to go back to university. I'm like, what? You want to be a tennis coach? Guess, yep. Brilliant. 
Now I was. Now the question I, is: the question yeah, is, yeah, did yeah, you yeah. know how to play tennis at the time? Because yeah. I know God, and sometimes <laughs> he has really, really funny things. Like, I don't even know how to play tennis. Well, so so what happened was yeah. I was a very good junior player. Okay. I, I I finished playing as because of a back injury, but then I started playing again. But but the the the, the environment um, of just starting a business of that nature in Adelaide not easy. It would take years. It'd be a real slow burn. And mm-hmm. I'm like, what? This is crazy. So and, and so I went out all excited with the word of the Lord. And I told people, I said, hey, God's spoken to me, you know, you know, a bit like Joseph, you know, full of wisdom. Uh, you're all going to bow down to me. Um, <laughs> he, he, I went out and said, hey, look, I've got a word. I'm going to become a professional tennis coach. And then people go, well, what about when it's winter? Someone else goes, what about when it rains? I went, oh, yeah. Oh, maybe I didn't hear. From... I went back into the prayer closet, you know, full of faith. And the Lord said, I told you what I told you. So basically I started out. So I received the word of the Lord, but it was slow. And I'm just going, Lord, what is what? I don't get it. I literally, to supplement my income, I was actually having to clean toilets. I mean, not a lot of fun, but I was doing it. And I'm just going, what is going on? You, I've received the word. Isn't it just going to happen for me and just open up? And I remember one of the clearest I've ever heard God. I was cleaning toilets, utterly discouraged. I thought I received the word of the Lord. I'm coaching tennis maybe a day and a half a week, and I'm cleaning a day and a half a week. I heard God the Father speak to me and say, I'm so proud of you. I'm like, what? For what? For being a loser? You know, I was I was like, I didn't get it because he, he sees our journey. He sees stuff that even we're, we, I mean, not all of us have insight and awareness of what's actually taking place. So I received the word, and then I went, you know what? I've got it. Mark 11, 23, 24 says, I've got to lay a hold of this. Obviously, walk in forgiveness. That's a given. But I must believe. It's actually about believing. And I've received the spoken, rima word of God, the prophetic scroll. I've received that. Now I've got to activate it. And, you know, in the meantime, you're struggling with self-pity. You're struggling with inadequacies, all of that. So then I started to engage, and it says, well, it says, I must believe I have received it, and then I will have it. So you know what I started doing? I started just, I started worshiping. I started rejoicing. I started thanking God. I, I did ask him to bless my tennis coaching business. I, I, I just started worshiping and thanking him, and God, you're so good, and thank you for calling me into this. And I just thank you that my tennis business is blessed. It says that you meet my needs according not to my need, according to your riches and glory. And I'll get the word. And I started to engage in this process where I felt worse. And I'll get like, you know, because I was still growing. I'd get feelings, which were actually demonic fiery darts. I mean, let's just say it as it was, mm-hmm. of you're a loser. This is your last roll of the dice. Look at it, it's pathetic. <clears throat> so the more I pressed in, the, the worse I felt. I went, I've got no choice. Either God's a liar or, I've, you know, I've just got to prove this. Otherwise, it just it's, it's just not real. So I engaged. And I would like—I I was not in a good. Fo- I actually owed money as well. I wasn't just broke. I was actually in debt, and um, so I would engage, and then I would have this most insane demonic attacks. And I said, "No, no, I've got a belief. It says I must believe I've received it." Daniel, this went on for six weeks or forty days, which is obviously a significant number, and I didn't have the insult I have now. It was just raw stubbornness and desire. And so one one night, I am praying with a friend and I said I, be- I said yes thank you Lord it was probably for the 5,000th time 
thank you, Lord, that I, my tennis business is blessed. And and all of a sudden, something went, whoop, something shifted. Mm. And here's the cool part. It went from my confession and it went from my head and my theology into my spirit. And I went, oh, I've got it. I've got it. Now, it says faith is the substance of things hopeful, the evidence of things not seen. And so I can't explain it any more than a substance came in my spirit. I actually had what I prayed for. Now, there's power. When you believe in your heart and you speak, you move the whole spirit world. Everything. You, you, the, the, the angels do the word of the Lord. It, 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 it all manifests. But in, and, and I believe there's a grace when we don't believe. It's just you're just hoping. You're rejoicing. You feel terrible. You feel it's a struggle, but you confess. God is still moving. But when you confess, while you are moving things in the spirit, you're actually speaking to your own spirit. It's like, like, like David saying, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. He's telling him, he's telling his insides to come into alignment with heaven. So what happened? I got the, I got the substance. It was so real. I could have had 10,000 pastors come through that door, line up and say, no, nah, you don't. You're dreaming. No, nah, this is not real. Forget about it. You know, it's just hope. And I was like, no, nah, you don't understand. I know I've got it. So the next day I visited, I visited my mother and, uh, and I, I, she goes, oh, some people, there's some messages here for us. I, 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 some people rang and some messages. And I went through them. I said, oh, who's this person? And my mother goes, oh, I forgot to tell you. Last night I went out to dinner, met some new people. Um, and there's this woman, and she's the president of a tennis club. And I told you that they're looking for a tennis coach. And I told her that you're a tennis coach. And um, she said, yeah, well, Bring him on in. I'll, I'll, I'll actually, I'll, I'll hire him sight unseen, and I've got over a hundred students for him to coach. I said, "What time did that happen?" She said, "She said uh, such and such a time. It was the same time I got the substance. I went from zero to hero. <laughs> it was so sudden. Now here's the cool thing: people feel that they've got to change people." they've got to you know jump through hoops and strain and spit and scream no 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 no. all we have to do is get the substance that's all we have to do the minute you believe to him who believes all things are possible and we start by framing it up with a written word of god that we are already in covenant that he has already forgiven us healed us that we are blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in christ always in christ and then we go, and then we start to engage. And then at some point, you will get substance. And from that, that changed my life so dramatically. So that was a supernatural encounter. I used to, I'd pray for a car. I'd, I went for a period of about five years. I'd pray for things once or twice, and I would get them because I just had this, this, this gift of faith. So I've gone from crazy prophetic encounters to dry, dry, the brooks dried up, mm-hmm. and the Lord allowed that to happen to train me in faith. Because the just, yes, the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God, the huios, the mature sons. However, the just shall live by faith. And the most uh, uh, inspired outline for doctrine in all of Scripture is actually says in, uh, in Hebrews 6, it says, leaving, leaving therefore the discussion of the basic principles of Christ. Let us go on to perfection. And it says, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of mm-hmm. faith towards God. Mm-hmm. That's the foundation. Mm-hmm. So no matter what encounters people have had, those are great. But those are to inspire us into a deeper function of faith. That's that's what I believe. Mm-hmm. I love it. You, <laughs> this is really, that's a really great story. 
I'm listening to you and I'm thinking exactly right. I tell people faith is a matter of the heart. You know what people do, Todd, is that they get stuck on this thing where they're like, faith is mental assent. So they, they'll go into a situation where they're going to believe God. And they're like, they'll squint their eyes real hard. They're not sure anything's going to happen. They'll say, Lord, provide something. And then they'll open up like one eye and look and see if there's a magic golden brick just sitting in front of them. And it's like, no golden brick yet. I guess God doesn't love me. He just must love Todd more than me. You know, and it's like, but there's no conviction, right? And we're talking about getting faith beyond, a, a, you know, a mental assent to a heart level, deep conviction that touches and shifts the spirit realm. And that's just, just saying that is going to make the light bulb go off for people. And I know like, Todd, let me tell you something. When I sit down and it's like time for ministry time, like, I, there, is, there is no doubt. It just moves into the realm where if I'm ministering, it's because God's going to move. <laughs> like that's just yes, it. Yeah. It's just the way it is. Yeah. Otherwise I wouldn't be here ministering. So... Let's just flow with, and that's where the power is. It's like, let's just flow yes. with what God is doing. Um, yes. But people need to understand, too, season can be brutal. I remember mm-hmm. there was this point in my life where I was, like, trying to pray down every wall and blockade and strong tower. And I was like, and you're going to come down in the name of Jesus. Every door is opening in front of me and this and that. And, you know, I, I, I'm, like, sitting, I'm actually pointing my finger at the wall I'm praying at, like, Literally, I was in my office praying at the wall. But I'm like pointing and snarling and spitting on stuff and blah, you know, my Pentecostal prayer life. And and then and done that. Mm-hmm. God said, Daniel, I'm your door. And I said, Kip, pop, pop, pop. <laughs> So then what I ran into was season is like yeah. death. See, on the other side of that door is a different season. You have to graduate first. Yes. Oh. Yes. Man, it, 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 it's it. Look, I, I while I do pastor a church, mm. I wouldn't definitely. Those who know me, that's not my primary gift. And people go, oh, oh, "This is a good saying." Oh no, I've tried faith and it didn't work. And then I've heard people say, "No, no, no, faith tried you." And you know, I, I think that someone goes, "I've prayed for this." Look, look, I, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say it as I've mm-hmm. as I've experienced. I'll be very, very direct. I had an encounter. I was in Queensland. I was walking down the beach. That's a great place to have an encounter, by the way. And <clears throat> I went to a vision, and I saw myself preaching to the church. And this is—it sounds so harsh, but it's not. It's, it's God loves us so much, but we we just we become we, we've allowed ourselves to become so soggy and weak and and, and make excuses, you know. We, we, and, and so this is what he said to me. I saw myself preaching. The ch- I, I was prophesying to the church, and this is what the Lord said to me. Ask, and you will receive. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be open to you. Then it says this. For I say to you, everyone who asks, receives. Now, in this encounter, I was preaching that to my church. Mm-hmm. And then in the encounter, I heard everyone's heart go, you don't understand. I have asked, and I haven't received. Then I heard the word of the Lord came to me. Tell them that they are a liar. Oh, <laughs> What? <laughs> I'm not, I'm not telling them that. You tell them that. They're lying. Now, what happens is this, is that for God to bless you in every conceivable way is so easy for him. Hmm. So easy. Not only is it so easy, 
he so wants to. Not only is he so wants to, he's already paid in full. But what he wants is us. He wants us yielding. So you have people trying faith with a double-minded spirit. We'll see how it goes. Um, I need results now. And it got to the point, God loves me so much, he allowed me to go through a very, very deep valley. I mean, we're talking, I would say, without any doubt, I've gone through, I went through a season of clinical depression, and I went, you know what? Either I overcome or I'm overcome. Take your pick, Todd. And so I say to people, you know, I've prayed, I said, you know, why hasn't it happened? I said, because he didn't want it enough. How can you? I said, all I know is this. I came back to the Lord, demonized. I sat in a church. I had no pastoral follow-up. I had no one supporting me, cheering me on, giving me prophetic words. I just had the Bible, and I was desperate, and God is faithful. If you believe, you can be on a desert island with every principality in the world on that desert island, and just a Bible, you have enough. That sounds very more like a tough mentor life coach, but that's just been my experience. And it's like... um, uh, it's not like it, God. He so wants us to walk in faith because when you walk in faith, you opens a paradigm to the world of the spirit, the life of the spirit. You know the different dimensions, different realms. Otherwise, we are just stuck in our circumstances. So, so I had to engage with my heart, and so when you engage with faith, you are giving yourself over to God. You're putting yourself on the potter's wheel and trusting him. And he is completely faithful. But there's too much double-mindedness. There's too much, yeah, I'm not really sure. I I told you, I engaged in that process. I had every devil around my life coming at me, and I had to make a decision. I had to be completely. And then all I did was get the substance. See, (laughs) and then everything, what, what blew me away is in one part of Adelaide, I got the substance in the spirit. On the other side of town, the angelic was working big time to open a door, a door of complete favor and provision. And they're both connected. There's no distance in the spirit. That's what the mechanics blew my mind. But I had to allow the word of God to pierce my heart. And those, I think that people have to go through those levels. You know, our church is called Field of Dreams for a couple of reasons. I, I, I do like... I, I do have a personality where I just like stirring things up a bit. And if I said, if we, if we, if we, we're not going to call it a family sensor or this side, that side, or worship sensor or, or you know, grace this, or we, I, I, you know what? I'm going to call it field of dreams because it'll offend people. I thought that's really great. I, I love that so much, and not because of the movie, but but mm. it, 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 that, that was that was it was a provoking thing. It was it, it, to, to really go at a religious spirit. Bit, oh, that's new age. No, we're not. We're not new age. We, we, we're completely in love with the Lord. We walk by faith. We, you know, we quote the Nicene Creed or whatever. You but, enjoy yes. offending religious spirits. <sighs> it's okay no, because that's no, no, actually no. one of my hobbies, Todd. I'm, nah. I'm just, we're, we're finding common ground here, brother. Uh, please continue. I do, Go ahead. I, I, re- I, I enjoy putting the truth out there. <laughs> And however it uh, however it affects you is how it affects you, because I tell you right now, mm. is that part of the reason I went dry from the prophetic encounters into my faith, there was a sovereignty, but it was, I started to trade into a a, a form of religion, and <clears throat> it's like anything, anything fo- following the Lord, that has more, 
adhering to a creed and an external behavior modification with no joy and no love, that is religious. If you get it down to super, uh, the fear of man, what do people think of me? Uh, that that that. And so, so if I put the truth out there, and it offends you, if the cat fits, wear it. As long as I'm doing it in love, I'm okay with that because I, I just you know. But but we but with filter dreams, is that it says in First Corinthians. Paul planted, Apollos, Apollos watered, but God gave increase. You are God's field. And out of the, the key scripture in Mark, a passage about the sower and the seed, the Lord said, you know what? I have put dreams in people's hearts. I've put promises, scrolls, encounters, the generic word, which is amazing, the logos. And now this is going to be an environment where it can actually come to pass. That's why it's field of dreams. So, and, and, and it did, people, we had people leave the church because of that name, you know, oh, I can't go to a church because they're worried what other people would think. So it's like, well, this is not the place for you. I mean, we've said openly before, I've, at my church, and I said, if you are not, if you're not growing here, you've been here for a while, you need to find a church where you will, where you will grow. And, um, and we, we lost a few people, but it has, but I don't own anybody. We, we. Uh, you know, I pastor a church, but it's not my church. I'm I'm stewarding what the Lord has entrusted to us. So, so you know, at the end of the day, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I, I, you should know the truth, and it will make you free. And it'll offend who it offends, but at the same time, it will bear the fruit it needs to bear. And and that's I, I love seeing that more than anything else. Well, now let's let's come back because I. Want to get okay? So you were you were talking about you're walking on a beach, vision mm-hmm. opens up, mm-hmm. and you see it. Okay, um, that's an encounter, man. Yes. Now I want to get into this. Uh, it's, it's on the subject of encounters. Mm-hmm. Now you have a lot of encounters with what you call the angelic realm. Yes. I am fascinated by that for a number of reasons. <clears throat> One, um, because of the work that I do with survivors. Uh, satanic ritual abuse, government-sponsored mind control agenda. It, it, it literally is impossible for us to do the work without the resources of the kingdom, which includes yes. the angels. They're, they're working with us all the time. Uh, they're the ones that pull the implants out of people's bodies. They're the ones that you know uh, f- fix the you know neural networks in the brain, uh, work miracles on that level, uh, reorganize genetic. Like there's a lot of things that is being done. Uh, we're partnering with them all the time. But you have a whole set of experiences. The way God has explained it to you, I think, is something. I want to have you break down a little bit. Now, now I want to come back to this because when I met you, like literally the first words out of your mouth were. Look, we sense the angelic realm. Now, we had done mega warfare the night before. And uh, it was for the whole city of Adelaide. We were praying for your city. And so I was like, well, that's a confirmation that God moved. Um, I, I want to ask you this. How do you sense something like that? <clears throat> okay. Well, let me, I'll go back to that time I met you first. And uh, we were, I was with Daryl Crawford Marshall. He's at Field of Dreams as well. And uh, you've met Daryl, he's an amazing prophet. Um, we're driving to Paul's church. We are really busy, <laughs> busy, busy people. Paul has said, you got to meet, you got to meet Daniel. He's amazing. He's, this is what he carries. And so, you know, sight unseen. Yep. We, 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 we're driving there. And yet we're like talking about something else. And then we were, uh, Paul's church is in, Gateways in Salisbury East, 
So we were coming down, I think, Bridge Road. Bridge Road is uh, a main road that, you know, it, it is a long way. And we're talking. And we're going, yeah, we're going to be there in five minutes and blah, blah, blah. And then we went on another subject. And I just turned to Daryl and said, can you feel that? And he goes, I can. I said, can you feel that realm? It's like we were driving and it just felt, you know, every day, la-di-da, to It just, it was just energized with the Holy Ghost. Something, I'm going, this is really cool. And I'm going, this is what's happening at Gateway. The Lord goes, this is because of what's happening at Gateway. So we get there and I was like, it was so, you know, it wasn't like we're sitting there, eyes closed, reaching out to the Lord, really trying to, you know, uh, extrapolate some f- feeling and then call it the glory. We, we were actually d- distracted doing something else, and then this happened. I went, wow. Then we came in, and I'm looking at you, I'm going, dude, we could feel what you guys were doing like a mile away. Could feel it. And it was, it was tangible. And so, uh, if you were to say, describe it, uh, so there are intangibles like atmosphere mm-hmm. where you, 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 it connects you to, you know, a, a feeling, but it just everything felt lighter. You felt power. And plus in a place when there's a, when there's a, an atmosphere of whether you call it glory or angelic, you feel your faith is on turbo. So that's what mm-hmm. we feel. We go, wow, we're going to have a good time. This is, there is, um, uh, this is really, really cool. And so that was very, very, very tangible. I think, with the angelic, a lot of people, they go, you know, but isn't that the Holy Spirit? How do you know it's angels? So when God, so when I, when I have an encounter, is it the Holy Spirit or is it an angel? And the answer is yes. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. Because, because he makes his ministers a, 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 a winds and a flame of fire. He makes his ministers a winds and a flame of fire on the day of Pentecost. Well, they experience wind and fire. So, so there's a place where we're getting we're partnering up with the angelic way more than we think, but obviously the Holy Spirit is God. He's the executive. Uh, he's God. He's the executive director. So there's a place where I, I and as people start to grow in that, I had an encounter where you know I just I, I just had a season where just like massive headaches and I wasn't functioning. And I just thought, oh, I'm just my, you know, my, my gray matter has been compromised. And the Lord actually showed me, he says, you know, you, the grace on your life to communicate. One of them is, there's an angel working with you. Is actually, he actually shows you stuff. I'm like, oh my goodness. And as I actually started to acknowledge the Lord's provision through the angelic, it actually activated it on a greater level. Really? And so, oh yeah. <clears throat> and then you go all through scripture and you talk about, I received a little book and then it was sweet and then bitter and then I received a scroll and then there was a flying scroll. And, and, and all of that starts to, as you start to get more conversant with, with biblical, the biblical paradigm, it actually activates it because it's connected to your faith. And then you go, oh my goodness, I can, so uh, for example, with Adam, and, and you've had Adam on the show, Adam Thompson. Mm-hmm. Adam contended for similar grace that William Branham had in regards to the word of knowledge. So I haven't contended for that. I do get it, not to the same degree as him. But I will be ministering with Adam uh, in, a, uh, in a church or in a crusade, and we'll be ministering at the altar. He'll be like, you know, 10, 20 feet away from me. And all of a sudden, I start getting words of knowledge of high-level accuracy that I wouldn't usually get. That's because his angel working with him that he's contended for 
is actually throwing me words of knowledge. He goes, here, I'm going to share these. <laughs> it's like I'm pulling off of his hotspot. And Lord, <laughs> That's an interesting way to describe it. You know, these are mechanics, Todd, that most people are simply not aware of. Yes. But this is, what you're describing is kingdom. Yes. It's interfacing with the realm of God and mm-hmm. what is under his jurisdiction, which is the angels partnering with us. It makes Correct. sense. There's nothing. That's what I need people that's listening to me to understand, listening to my guests to understand. There's nothing weird about this. We need to understand that we're kingdom citizens. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, well no, no, no. I, I, I agree. I think that what happens is, um, is the biggest fear in the church mm. is the fear of being deceived. Mm-hmm. So anything they don't understand, they reject. So then because they, they reject it, they go, oh, you know, you can't, you're, you're praying to angels. No, we're not. We're just talking about them. Like I talk about my friends. I don't, I, 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 I have a, I own a dog. I own a, a bull terrier. And I talk about it sometimes. Doesn't mean I'm worshiping her. Like it's, it's, it, with people, people create an either or an extreme argument scenario is that angels are messengers and co-laborers with us Mm -hmm. and sometimes there's a common courtesy of acknowledgement right but at the end of the day we worship jesus and under the jurisdiction of god um you know it's it it actually we're going to be shocked there's going to be a place one day we'll actually be judging angels and so it's that's what the bible says in first corinthians we will be judging angels and so there's a you know uh, as you actually grow in it then you start seeing them then you start uh they, they start giving you giving you information about about what God is doing and it, it's it's very very but it's very exciting but more than that it's actually normal it's actually normal and I think that the biggest um, the biggest problem that we have these days you know it doesn't the Bible doesn't talk about a religious spirit it talks about a deaf mute spirit mm-hmm. But actually, it, it does. There, there is the Lord did say, "Be careful, beware of the leaven mm. of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Beware of the leaven. That is a wrong spirit, and and a lot of that comes through trading with what people. So 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 really, they're actually trading for people's praises, not God's praises. And then that what that does, it actually fear of men brings a snare. It makes you deaf, blind, mute to spiritual realities, because anyone listening to this show. You start coming to genuine encounters, there's a guarantee you will offend somebody. You've got to make a decision. You will offend somebody. You, and if God asks you to do something unusual or, uh, uh, you know, sow a lot of money and you, you offend someone in your family, or so, you need to obey the Lord because, because that religious spirit actually does bind people up. And all they do is they try to, um, but, uh, you know, behavior modification, fit in with the rest of the people. And I'm not into, you know, being rebellious and being different for different sake, but it comes down to the primary. Listening to God, waiting on God, hearing from God, acting on what he says in wisdom, still honoring everybody, and at some point it will stir people up. And and, 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 and the angelic, you know, some people are going to be offended at it because they will, they, they're going to get offended anyway. But it is, look, it's been an amazing part of my experience and, um, you know, from receiving mandates from, from, from the Lord through angels, changed my life. So, you know, you bring up a great point. I believe that behavior modification is a satanic counterfeit for genuine mm-hmm. growth in Christ Jesus. 
Yes. Because what that is, is that's simply the arm of the flesh versus the transforming power of the Holy Ghost in a person's yes. life. And yes. um, yeah, that is definitely endorsed by a religious spirit. Behavior modification, 100%, all the way. We just want you to act different in front of people so no one calls the bluff. Um, Correct. Man, you were talking about how, okay, you were next to Adam's hotspot. <laughs> I like that language. Um, and then you mentioned scrolls. And, and, and you know, this is really interesting. And, and see, I haven't gone into the scrolls and stuff on this program very much. I'm glad you're here because now I'm going to. I, ha I remember when I, was in, um, when I was in Port Macquarie, I was actually talking about populations of the kingdom. And I started talking about the angels. And as we moved into a time of ministry, I could see that there was a whole bunch of scrolls coming in. And I was like, yeah, angels, receive scrolls that are assignments to execute on behalf of those that are here. And it was an, it was an assignment. The angels were receiving assignments for people to work the will of God into and around their life, whether it be, you know, and it was different for different people. There was a lot that came in. Um, it's really, really interesting how this works. It can be like assignments. But I, I think there's multiple uses for scrolls. I want to get your perspective on scrolls and what the Lord has revealed to you. Okay. <clears throat> um, so, number one, we have the Logos. The Logos will cover everything we need. And so, about, remain in me, my word, remain, continue, abide in you, and ask what you desire should be done for you. Um, as I've loved you, love one another, go into all the world. Um, the greatest of these is love. Don't forsake the assembling of yourself together as is the habit of some, but do even more as the day approaching. By stripes you are healed. We have the Logos. Now, that's great. And, and I think we, we need to engage with the Logos and we need to be re our, our mind renewed through the Logos, the written word of God, Old Testament, New Testament. But for me, <clears throat> there's no book of Todd. There's no book of Todd. Uh, 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 and so so the whole, you know, I can't see anywhere in the Bible it says go and be a professional tennis coach and go back to university. So there's actually specific mandates within the parameters of generic scripture. It doesn't violate it. It's not unbiblical. It's extra biblical. Okay? We've seen, we've seen gold dust fall in our church. We've seen oil. We, that, we can't see it. In Scripture, it's not unbiblical; it's extra biblical. It's actually it's within the paradigm of the of the expression of the love of God and the grace of God. So, getting down to the specifics, is that God gives us individual mandates, and all of our experiences, while there'll be a more often than not, not always, there'll be generic spiritual laws, generic mechanics, but there are specific specific mandates for different people. Now, we see all through the Old Testament, the book of Revelation, whether were, the Lord communicated a specific message through a scroll or a parchment or a little book. These days, we don't have scrolls. We have, uh, we, you know, we, we read books. We have, you know, we have uh, um, uh, like an iPad. Now, what's really interesting with technology, you, I mean, I've literally seen scrolls. I've literally seen them in my spiritual eyes. But the common language now is, I received a download. Now, who would have said in the 80s or the 90s, oh, I've just got a download from God? <laughs> hmm. So it's actually, if that, that language has evolved, but it's still within the biblical paradigm. So God communicates stuff, and you see that he gives them generally th through angels. 
So that that be in the, in the presence of God, and whether it's a sovereign thing or you prayed in tongues and you didn't know what you're praying for or you contended in faith, the Lord sends His messenger, and it activates something you know outside of time and space in eternity, something specific. <clears throat> so I had a specific mandate, and I've received scrolls from the Lord. Now I'm going to tell you something really funny. I had a visitation a few months ago. So sometimes I'll look, so, so it, I'll go into a vision. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it'll be mostly visual. Sometimes I'll go to an encounter where it's mostly feeling with a bit of visual. It, it changes all the time. But um, I was in a cafe. Mm-hmm. It's a great place to have an encounter with the Lord. <clears throat> and uh, I was enjoying my double strength flat white. And um, I had my sunglasses on. I was outside. An angel of the Lord comes to me. And he said to me, I'm going to, I'm at this time, I am raising up a Daniel company. And I'm inviting and I'm, I'm marking people and there's also an invitation as well. I went, wow. Now, I'll go into what that, that, that meant. Um, but this is only maybe two months ago. Uh, oh, no, less than, even less than that. Now, that week... I met you, and I met another Daniel that goes into the nations <laughs> as a natural confirmation to the spiritual scroll. <laughs> so he goes, I'm calling that. So, so it doesn't mean that everyone called Daniel is in this company. It just It's, a, it's actually a, a natural confirmation because Paul said, oh, you know, Daniel's coming and such and such. <clears throat> and I'm like, that's crazy. I just met a Daniel for the first time a few days ago in another part of Australia, and he goes into the nations and some, you know, the, the, the work he's doing is amazing, but he almost goes in on a diplomatic level clearance in some nations and, um, you know, brings cha- uh, 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 charity, aid, feeds the hungry, but then does incredible, incredible work in the spirit, incredible work. So, and he, he then that this scroll, it just, uh, it's like I received it and it just kept opening up inside of me. So as I kept looking into it, so I was focusing on the encounter, it just kept growing and growing and going into more detail. And this is what the scroll was. He started showing me that at the moment, we are coming into really interesting times, this massive instability geopolitically, financially, there's uncertainty, blah, 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 blah. There there, there just is. And he's raising up a company of people who understand the seer realm and to access the courtrooms of heaven, access the governmental side, uh, um, uh, uh, of the things of the spirit, but this was the cool part of it. I, I, uh, I actually, I've got a mind for politics. I like politics. Politics can be boring, but I like politics in so much it's related to governance, and everyone, to a measure, is called to govern. Where they govern their own body, govern their own household, govern their finances. It's actually stewardship connected with wisdom. So. So what happened, the Lord showed me, is that this Daniel company in the spirit will actually overshadow and influence natural government. It's actually uh, activating the angelic to actually change nations, change legislation, change atmosphere. The other cool thing, too, is that these people will actually know what it is to land prophetic mandates or scrolls or give birth to them. And then at the end of this encounter, I live in front of a huge park, and I saw a scroll flying in the air. And this, this Daniel company 
was actually all the details were on the scroll, but on the outside of the scroll, the scroll had a name. Do you know what the name of the scroll was for the Daniel Company? I, I literally am on the edge of my seat. This is so cool because my name is actually Daniel. So go there ahead. You, that, that's right. Uh, history makers. Wow. History makers. You oh, know I'm what? Like, you told me that when I was in Australia. I should have known. Yeah. I actually, well, I didn't want to well, blow the punchline. Well, well what, what happened? There you go. You, 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 <laughs> Smooth <laughs> cover. <laughs> There you go. Well, one of the things I see is this, and I'm called to ministry, whatever that looks like, but but too many people are waiting for ministry to be acknowledged, to be affirmed, to be approved of. And the fact is, Daniel, there's ministry everywhere. And we've almost become, turned ministry into something it's not, is that, is that we... we we want to engage with the kingdom, and then you have ministry every waking moment. So this was actually transcendent of the what you would call the ministry paradigm. It's actually in a place where church people might not even recognize it. The church might not even publicly recognize it. But I had a – I again, like I said, we are talking encounters. The, the town I come from, Adelaide, is, is an amazing place. It's – Amazing culture, arts, food, wine, beautiful, very temperate climate, uh, beautiful buildings. Um, obviously, you've been there and you, you, you've seen enough, but it's not, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't exactly say it's brimming with amazing, insightful leadership or vision or early adopters and quite conservative. And I had an encounter where I saw Adelaide in the future. I, I, I saw Adelaide in the future. I saw the most, one of the most vibrant places on the earth which is completely incongruent with what it is now we're in debt and i you know don't get me started with government issues and all that we're in debt and what it was it's because in the dream the look i just knew in the spirit there's some things you just know you, you don't have to be told you just know the sons of god had done work in the spirit there and changed the whole dynamics they had gone in changed it so the daniel company it's actually transcendent of a, a ministry paradigm where people pat you on the back and go, boy, you did great. A lot of people, it's actually rising up in the spirit, intercession, taking territory, nameless, faceless, invisible people, not known to many people here, but famous in heaven, actually famous before the Lord. Don't worry about fame here. Your five minutes of fame, social media, do people like me? Am I getting likes? What are, how are people responding to my Instagram? No, 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 no. We do, we, 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 we do what we do before an audience of one. And we actually get satisfaction. Like when Jesus says, I have food that you don't know of. And actually, we, 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 this Daniel company, they don't need accolades. They don't, you know, necessarily like the, the, the Lord will provide, the Lord will guide, the Lord will do stuff. But I actually believe, Daniel, that um, we're going to, there's going to be such an explosion of genuine intercession and birthing, we're going to see nations change in a day. I believe that. And here's the ironic thing. If you're to equate Babylon with the ungodly world system, come on. You can see Babylon right before our eyes. Well, how ironic. With that spirit of Babylon, God raises up a, a Daniel company. How ironic. You, Symmetry. <laughs> because Daniel was actually in Babylon dealing with the government. In the Bible. Correct. Yeah. Correct. I am really excited about what you're saying right now. And the reality is, 
When I went to Adelaide, the, the, the entire plan, I remember I told Paul, I said, Paul, what, what God's telling me, this isn't about doing a conference or even preaching. I need to go there and do warfare. Like that was the agenda, the primary, the main point. And of course, I did end up speaking, and it was really awesome. And then I met you guys and uh, a number of other people, and it was, you know, really, really awesome trip. Of course, I'm going to be going back uh, early-ish next year. But it's it's really exciting because I know that a, a, a groundwork is being laid for that city, your city. I know mm-hmm. that. God mm-hmm. has big plans for Adelaide. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. <laughs> It's just amazing how this all comes together. It is. It is. It's got total prophetic symmetry to it. It's amazing. Let me ask you this. Um, you've had some pretty radical encounters with God just this past month. Mm-hmm. Throne room encounters. Mm-hmm. Wow. Tell me about some of that. <coughs> okay. Um, we obviously, um, we connected on a, on a Friday and there was some impromptu ministry and, uh, I had, uh, without going into too much detail, I'm, I, the Lord stepped in the room, a realm opened up, some stuff that I seemed to be trapped in my past for whatever reason, just something changed. And the Lord spoke to me and says, you know, you're, you're going to get innocent eyes back. You're going to see as a child again. And um, I know, you know, like I've got a my son when he was younger, he's only nine, but he, he was at a... a um, he, he total seer. He would be in a, um, in a, we were in a Jeff Jansen meeting, and my son is like two years old, and he's still, you know, he's just wearing his little, I think his little onesie, and he's got a, he's got a pacifier in his mouth. He's going, hello, hello, and he's pointing up in the air. I'm going, what are you, what are you looking at, Max? He goes, he said, uh, uh, angels up in the sky, angels. I'm like, oh, great. And then a few, about a month later, because sometimes if you press kids too hard, they start to. They blur the what they saw and the imagination and all that. Like, so, so you just gotta you just gotta pick the right time. And I said about a month. I said, Max, what what do these uh, what do these angels look like? He goes, oh, flying lions. How would he? He's never read the Book of Revelation. You can't make that up. He was, he was seeing in the like crazy. And the Lord said, I'm bringing back to you. You're gonna have the innocent eyes of a child again. You will. You, 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 you're gonna you're gonna see. And that was after you you uh, ministered to me on the uh, on the Friday. I told you that the next day we had some logistical problems with our organization and it was not a great day. On Sunday, I'm leading worship. And um, what happened was the enemy, through that, that ministry time with you, the enemy tried to do a preemptive strike on my life as a child. And um, I heard a great saying the other day, I think it was one of your shows, um, trauma is in the eye of the beholder. And we joke about mummy, daddy wounds and, 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 you know, someone might not have got extra dessert and that traumatized them. Or, well, you know, or someone had hardcore abuse. It, it's, it's completely unique to everybody. But um, I, I had a massive reconnection with the father on a, such a much deeper level. So two days forward, I'm leading worship at our church. And but when I was prepping up, I, I think I was, I was just, I, I just, I, th- I thought I'd do this song. And there's a part where we sung about God the Father, and I just, as I was prepping for the meeting, I just bawling my eyes out. I said, wow. So then I'm worshipping. We're leading worship, and I was doing it on the guitar. And while everyone's into it, 
and it was just a, a realm of glory was in the room. It was really intense. And I heard someone talking behind me. He said, you don't really know what's happening, do you? And I'm like, I'm like, oh. uh, the best thing is to do is to go, no, <laughs> so they can explain. I hear this word, you don't really know what's happening, do you? And I went, uh, no. And as I'm thinking about me saying no, I all of a sudden, I saw that our worship was being synchronized in with multiple heavenly dimensions, multitudes of people. And to my left was the throne of God. I saw, So did I physically see feet in the throne? No, this is what happened, is that I felt it, and I felt the glory coming off the throne, in the throne room. I was, I was just to my, on my side, and in front of me, I literally saw multitudes of people and angels, and our worship actually synced up, synchronized with those dimensions, which blew my mind. When people, um, when people, uh, it actually, what is it? Uh, um, uh, let's have a look. It's talking, I think it's Hebrews 12. I'm gonna, I happen to have a Bible in front of me. Mm-hmm. It's talking about coming to Mount Zion with uh, an innumerable company of angels. And uh, let's have a look. Here we go. It says to the general, uh, here we go. But you've come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, Hebrews 12, 22, uh, the heavenly Jerusalem to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and the church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven, to the to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect. It doesn't say there's a church in heaven, there's a church on the earth. It says the church is registered in heaven. So we actually start to, when someone's in their room with their guitar or listening to, you know, Bethel or worshiping in their room, they don't that they that there's incredible power in worship because you start to sink in with what's already taking place in the heavenly realms, and when you start to do that, you start to come into line. You start you start to receive encounters, and that was so. I was a blubbering mess, and I barely was playing guitar, but it didn't matter because the Lord just t- took over the worship. And that was that was insane. That was insane. Um, and yeah, we, that, well, that, that's a good start anyway. <laughs> no, that is really profound. I'm, I'm so glad you brought up that voice in Hebrews 12. The idea that worship can be synced with heaven. My goodness. People have no idea, Todd. They literally divorce their Christian walk from worship all the time. People do it all the time. They have no idea the extent of what worship opens up and aligns them or us with. That is beautiful. It's, you know, when we don't understand, we, we, we connect worship, we, we reduce it to we're singing songs. I go to church and, yeah, I don't really like this song. I'll wait for the song I like. Or then... Or they're waiting for a feeling, and they're just waiting to connect in. You know, you, you go to a service, you think, I don't like any of these songs. Well, close your eyes. Start to engage God. Start to just worship Him in your own way. See, people think, and, and, and obviously there's a lot of worship songs that are very different, and some are very <laughs> completely unscriptural, mm-hmm. sure. and some are just yep. basic emotionalism and all that. And sure, look, sure. there's a place, it says Psalms, Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. So there's a, there is a, 
there is a, a smattering of all of it. Sometimes we just need to get all, all gooey, you know, before there's a time for that, but that can't be the substance all the time. But there's something powerful when we worship. We don't worship because we're flattering God or he has a self-esteem issue and we're trying to lift him up or we're trying to, uh, it's not emotive. I believe one of the major, well, obviously a heart of gratitude is central, but even more transcendent to that, why do we worship God? I'll tell you why, because it's right. Hmm. You go, what do you mean? You start to encounter God and different realms and you are so blown away with his goodness. You're so blown away with who he is. You go, it's just right. This is my, this is the least I can do. He's so good. He is love. He gave me life. He chose my parents. You know, he, 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 he's given me an opportunity in this small, you know, uh, space called time. He's the, and you, and you know, the man's aid he's given me, he's, a, you know, then you start to connect, you know, you know, when we we're talking before about the breakthrough, when I had that massive breakthrough with the tennis coaching and, and, and most of that was worship. I was thanking God for things that I was believing for. I would say the, the, the two things I would say that the fast tracking of people, people on a fast track. Okay. Number one, renew your mind. Be transformed by the renewing your mind. Take scripture, meditate on it. Start to engage. Mm-hmm. And that's a whole other subject. But the other thing is worship. Praise God. Start to do that. Even if, you, even if your emotions aren't on board, just start to do it because you start to synchronize. See, everything, really, if you want to reduce it to this, it is thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Where the gates, where the doors, where the windows. Jesus is on the door. Where we're a door to the door, you know, and so, so, so That's we, good. you know, behold a, a door, you know, behold, I stand at the door and knock, let me in and I'll fellowship with you. And then behold, I saw a door open in heaven, beginning a revelation. And so when you start to worship and give yourself over to that and pick a song that you like, pick a song that, you know, you know, Hillsong or, or, or whatever, or just do, make up your own thing. But just exercise gratitude and you start to synchronize. And guess what? The atmosphere changes. The presence changes. You actually find it easier to believe. And give yourself over to that. And now, God is not looking for warriors per se. He's not looking for people to change. The name. He's not looking for that. I can tell you what he's looking for. He says, God the Father is seeking worshipers. Because worship is connected to every other dimension of kingdom life. He says God is seeking worshippers. And so it's got it's, it's nothing to do with personal tastes of music, whether you can or can't sing. Uh, you know, if you can't sing, great, worship God. We just won't give you a microphone. Um, and, you know, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Never give me a microphone, Todd, let me tell you something. Just don't <laughs> do it. Go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we, yes, some, people, some people, they sing the atmosphere changes. Mm. Um, but... But so, so so I would say worship is super central. Um, we have a culture these days in the Western Hemisphere, so much complaining. Ah, oh, so much complaining. We have a term in Australia, we call it whinging. Now, that wouldn't, that wouldn't translate to American audience, but, but complaining. And you know what? Just read your Old Testament. Complaining or murmuring, that will shut you down. And uh, again, my, my faith foundation... Do not, don't, uh, don't say what, people are always saying what they have. 
I, you know, I don't have enough money. I'm in debt. I, I need to be here. They say what they have. I have this sort of sickness. Whereas God says you can have what you say. And worship is connected to that. You start to create. So my breakthrough in giving it a little bit more rounded language was praise, was worship with the word, focusing on God, it rejoicing. And it was tough initially, but I carved something out in my spirit, changed me forever. So that, that last throne room encounter um, was was amazing. But I did I had another one last week. We are about to change buildings as a church. Um, this is really, really cool. We, as an eldership, we're praying, we're saying, Lord, we didn't. About two months ago, the Lord goes, you, you got to get out of that building. And, you know, I mean, I'm paraphrasing, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why. Maybe they're going to kick us out. Our, our lease is up or our hire agreement is up. So our eldership came together and we prayed. And my wife brought a, a picture of a, uh, this amazing bluestone building, 1878. Um, stunning. And, um, and I looked at it and I went, yeah, now. I, no, the parking's not enough and the location, I don't know. So that was my natural mind. So we said, okay, Lord, we come together in agreement. If, we, if, if uh, whatever you agree on this earth, you're touching, it'll be touched, it'll be done in heaven. So I said, Lord, show us, speak to us. Well, then the next day, Daryl uh, Crawford Marshall, one of the elders at our church, is a prophet, just flat out he's a prophet. He's from God, has encounters all the time. And he goes to have a coffee in this part of town where the building was. Now, I mean, just trying to be <laughs> frame it up and not being dishonouring, Daryl does not have a good sense of direction. He just doesn't. So he, he went to have this coffee at this place, not knowing that just down the road was the building that we'd brought up the night before. The Lord says, take your coffee, come for a walk. He actually finds himself in front of the building where, with the advertising for the, to lease the building. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, uh, he has an, an he, he sees the angel over the church. Wow! And the angel goes, "Ring this number." And there was a number. He rings it, and then what happens is the real estate guy who we know because we've dealt with him before. Amazingly enough, it can be days before we can get back to you. He says, "I can be there in five minutes." He's going through the building, and there was a lot more symmetry to it than that. And I'm going, "Okay." Wow, well, it seems like so far, God, you're doing this. This is We're meant to be in this building that I said no to. Speak to me. I, I, I contended with the Lord for about two or three days. And, I, and I've got a lot on, you know, that we're about to go to Peru and we've just done a big missions camp and, we, you know, we've got the law firm and, you know, busy, 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 busy at the moment. It's a crazy season. So I went and had a coffee in the same road. It was 7 o'clock on a Saturday morning. Goodness knows why. Goodness knows why I was up that early. Hadn't even woken up. Hadn't even had my shot of caffeine. All of a sudden, the angel from that church starts talking to me. I'm like, "What? Yeah." He starts saying, "Your destiny is tied up in this area. In this, in this, this is a key part of your scroll." Da 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 da. Next thing I know, I'm before the throne again. Well, what the heck? Uh, I, was a, uh, uh, I was a blubbering mess because. Uh-huh. So these think this was an absolute massive Kairos directional thing. And like I said, as we go to air, I haven't announced it to my church yet, and I'm sure once it airs, it'll be fine. But but it actually, it's got major implications for the city in a good way. Um, but again, it was, it was, it was, I was before the throne, and I'm hearing him who speaks out of eternity to me about what I'm meant to be doing. And it was, it was, it was radical. It really was radical. And, 
um, as you would know, when the Lord puts something inside of you, an encounter, it's like it's tattooed on your spirit or branded on your spirit. You can just access your memory, go back into it, and it's as vivid as the day he showed it to you, even if it's 20, 30 years ago. You just never forget. So I'd go back into it, and I would actually start to encounter all over again. So it's pretty pretty cool stuff. Very, very cool. I love it, Todd. That was really, really good. And I know there is a lot more symmetry coming up. Um, God has his hand on Adelaide. There's just something about your city. Um, obviously, uh, you know, the, the synchronicities are just inarguable. How I ended up in your city at all is like, wow, God. So anyway... I am just looking forward to how this whole thing unpacks itself. And I know even a year from now, I'll probably be hearing like just the most incredible testimonies coming from what all this leads to. And uh, I want to say thank you um, for taking the time to be on my program, to chat with me and to share with my audience. Uh, now, your website is www.fieldofdreams.com dot org dot au is that also where people can go and listen to like archives of your preaching and teaching and so forth yes absolutely we've 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 got tons of them and uh yes we we, we record our stuff and then load it up to vimeo so but go to our site and you can access those so very very easily video as well video and audio glorious Folks, my guest today has been Todd Weatherly we're talking about faith we're talking about angelic realms we're talking about partnering with the kingdom of god you know one closing thought i've said this many times on my program i'm going to say it again worship is a component of the culture of heaven when we divorce ourselves from worship folks we are divorcing ourselves from culture the culture that we're supposed to represent as ambassadors of jesus christ in a lost and fallen world. I, I want to encourage all of you, if you take nothing else away from this program, uh, take that one piece away, man. Worship God and make time for it in your personal life and walk with him. If it's been slacking, take the kick in the rear, grit your teeth and, and get back in the game. Because look, there is so much that it connects us to. And, um, you know, again, Todd, thank you so much for joining me today. My pleasure. Folks, you've been listening to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. Until next time, God bless and Godspeed. Discovering the Truth with Dan DeBall is the premier radio program designed to center you on the kingdom of God, to equip you with faith in Jesus Christ, and to unveil the truth behind the lies. This program has been a production of Bride Ministries. You can find us at www.bridemovement.com At our website, you can contact us access resources, and support us with donations. 
We need partners in order to continue to produce our vision, which is to promote unity in the body of Christ worldwide and assist in the creation and development of sheep nations. Partner with us and be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Until next time, God bless and Godspeed. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.